This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's Buckle Movie Club. And welcome to Puckle Movie Club. I'm your host, Ethan, here today with my co-hosts... Thatch. Mr. Maximus. And uh, we're here to talk about some movies. Puckle Movie Club, of course, is the monthly movie podcast presented to you by Puckle Podcast. Yes, there is an acronym inside the acronym PMC, which I'm going to assume is going to be the acronym for Puckle Movie Club. (laughs) So... I love that. Oh my gosh. PMC. The Puckle MC. Puckle MC. I, MC. I'm down for that. I'm down with that, actually. So, we watched a movie. Uh, yes. And we watched the movie that I'm sure most people are familiar with, Pokemon, the first movie. Pokemon, the first movie, for those of you who don't know, is a 1998 film directed by Kunihiko Yuyama, who you may know is directing the majority of the Pokemon franchise. He put in work. He, he directed the Pokemon, the movie 2000. Actually, pretty much all of them. He's directed most of the films. I think. I think it's changed hands though. Now uh, he was involved in Black and White, so he, I think. He, I. I really. I feel like Hoopa was handled by somebody else, but I could be wrong. He, he actually directed Hoopa and the Clash of Ages. Okay, I'm wrong. Um, I told you I'm wrong. And the English dub was directed by Michael Hagney. So a little bit of backstory. 1998. I'm going to set the stage for you. We're all listening to boy bands. Oh my <laughs> gosh, girls right? have girls have chokers on. There's optimism, the late 90s optimism. Everyone's enjoying their Pokemon. Are people still wearing overalls? I'm still wearing overalls to this day, so I think (laughs) it's kind of a moot point. I don't know about other people. That's fair. Now, Fetch, Mm -hmm. as somebody who was alive at the time... Oh, God, I Who was actually alive. I'm older than you. Not, like, fake alive like me. Like, I, you know, I I was basically an infant. You have a frame of reference for what it was like when this movie came out. I do actually. Do you were you cognizant? You were cognizant of this. Were you excited? Yeah. I was in th- I was in third grade, and like I hopped on the Pokemon train when it started, like before it started. Ma- Maximus, uh, what, what about you? Do you? How were you, were you cognizant of this at the time? Were you like aware of the Pokemon the movie phenomenon? Yes, I was. Even though I wasn't able to play the original games, I was able to at least enjoy the movie, enjoy all the colorful characters that I was able to see. Now, this movie got a theatrical release in the states. Uh, yes. Startlingly enough, uh, it had a soundtrack that made tons of money. It, the whole thing was a it's just an economic boom 
around this film. Still, we're just going to be building the the narrative <laughs> here. Let's say you, you walk into the theater, you're walking away with one of four special Pokemon cards, specifically for the movie. Thatch, do you know if you got one? You, do you still have that card or no? So, so I didn't actually see it in theaters. No, you didn't. I, okay. I, because I was eight at the time. And unfortunately, in the United States, they don't give eight-year-olds driver's license. Your parents wouldn't take you? Well, it was, it was more of the thing, like, it, when I was growing up, I didn't have, like, the freedom that a lot of other kids did, like, where they had the weekends off. I went and I helped rebuild a front porch, or I went and split wood. That puts and hair on your chest, though. You were a does, very hairy eight-year-old. I, I, just, <laughs> I just couldn't go and, uh, you know, go see any movie that I wanted all the time. I wanted to see it as a kid. I wanted to go to the theaters and see it. All my friends obviously went and saw it in the theaters. And, yeah, you're right. There were definitely Pokemon cards that they were handing out. I was, also, I was a little late to the Pokemon TCG game as well. Do you want to hear about the, uh, the cards you missed out on? Oh, I do. And okay. I feel real jelly. So there were uh, four special cards. There was a Pikachu card, a Mewtwo card, an Electabuzz, startlingly enough, and a Dragonite card. Unfortunately, you got none of those because you didn't go. Um, <laughs> you were too busy being a man and, and learning important life lessons. When I was eight lessons. years old, you know. Now, this movie, like the, the chores that you did, sought to teach you a life lesson instead of <laughs> learning about hard work you're learning the lesson that you shouldn't fight Wait, is uh, that really the lesson i did not get that from watching the movie at all so not at all <laughs> so this is something that's been widely discussed in in the or was widely discussed in the wake of of pokemon the first movie the ending of the movie is all of the pokemon throwing down their arms and, and deciding to not engage in conflict yeah in a franchise that's built entirely around conflict that's 100% true, yes. It's, so, it's like all the times when they tell you not to catch the legendary Pokemon when the TV show slogan is you gotta catch them all. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna stop. I'll never stop, Thatch. I will never <laughs> end my reign of terror on the Pokemon kind. I will capture all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, so we've digressed long enough. It's, it's time to get on with the story of Pokemon, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Now, the film itself doesn't start with our heroes going on a quest. We get this little short film beforehand called Pikachu's Vacation. (laughs) And it's just this adorable little short. And the Pokemon are sent to a theme park. And they they play in the theme park. And they play sports. And then there's basically no conflict. Mm -hmm. So we're going to ignore that. We're just going to push that to the side and go straight to the meat. Let's go to the juicy part of this film. Side comment. (laughs) Hit me with a comment. Uh, So first of all, Pokemon the first movie is being re-released on DVD yeah, next month, I believe, mm-hmm. in February. Like I believe February 16th, which is really cool. And a lot of people were complaining that it doesn't include Pikachu's Vacation or some nonsense. Wait, but it doesn't? It does. It's not like a separate feature. It's part of like the theatrical feature, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, you, you can't cut the Pixar shorts out of Pixar movies. Exactly. Like, not that this is anywhere near the same level of quality, but you, you understand the point. Like, no, it's, it's part much of, higher quality. It's, <laughs> you're right, you're, of course. It's it's a part of the experience, man. I, w- I need to relive vicariously my youth through Pokemon. I mean, that's 100% true. <laughs> so after the Pikachu's Vacation short, which features uh, the the great works of, of one... What's this, this lady's name? Vitamin C. It, featured, <laughs> it features the song Vacation by, by Vitamin C. Is it bad that I listen to that on a regular basis? Uh, you I, like, st- work out? That, I mean... Whatever gets you in the gym or running, you know, it doesn't matter what you're listening to. No need to be ashamed. Okay, Pikachu's vacation ends, and then we get the backstory of Mewtwo, who is the the primary antagonist of the film. As you all know, I'm, I'm I'm telling the audience this as if they don't know the story of Pokemon the first movie. They might not, okay? 
Okay, so the one person <laughs> out there who has not seen Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo is created in a lab by Team Rocket by Dr. Fuji, the scientist Dr. Was that, Fuji. Was that confirmed as Dr. Fuji? In it, the, it is Dr. Yeah. Fuji in, in the canon. I don't know if that made it into the, the American version of the film, but in the Japanese version, it, it is. It I is. think it might be in the birth of Mewtwo, that little tiny thing that we didn't actually get. You know uh, what I'm talking about? There's that's, that there's that ten minute thing where it talks about Mewtwo and it's, he sees Amber two and it's really dark and sad. This is my my memory of this film is a bit mud, a bit muddied because I've seen both versions. I've seen the the American version and I've also seen the Japanese version. Yeah, I believe that was in the Japanese version. Did sure. you know that that so there's a segment in this film that didn't come to the West, um, and that was actually dubbed, but it just never got mm-hmm. included. Which it's is on real... YouTube. You can d- definitely find it if you search like the birth of Mewtwo on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, and that this is, you, you, the horrible backstory for Mewtwo. He's in a lab trained to be to, to be a, a horrible monster, and then Giovanni convinces Mewtwo to work with him to become a, a, basically a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mewtwo feels that he's being exploited, and then escapes, and then he leaves and develops this horrible hatred for humankind. Naturally, mm-hmm. you still with me at this point? I know you. it's a very it's a very complicated narrative. It's a pretty oh. complicated. I mean, this is okay. So for future movie podcasts, you can do a spoiler alert and be like, "This is probably as complicated as it gets." This is basically eight and a half. This is basically a Fellini film. Yeah, it's it's, it's you, you can very. In the context of Pokemon movies, we are explaining one of the more complex plots. You need a cork board with pins and red uh, string <laughs> going to all these different locations in order to parse this narrative. Different people, different places, different times. Who's here? Who's not? Who's behind the scenes? Who's the true villain? Is it us? Maybe we're the true villain. Oh, can I say one side note, though? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Before, before Mewtwo breaks free... There's a small scene when he's with Giovanni and he's going against a certain famous ah, rival yes. that we all know. It was a short scene, but you can obviously see it's that character. And You can say the character's s- name. Don't, don't worry about spoilers. Right. It, it, it has been 17 years. <laughs> True. There was a scene like Gary was facing Mewtwo and mm-hmm. pretty much wipes the floor. And there's also a scene in the anime that ties into this episode where Gary just says he just gets trashed by that one Pokemon. Yeah, no, even I believe right after that, there's a there's a scene in the movie where you see Mewtwo and Giovanni arguing, right? And you see Mewtwo blow out the ceiling and he's just like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And that's Peace. also in the anime. Unlike any other movie in the Pokemon franchise, this one actually ties in somewhat to the actual anime as a TV show. Did you want a little fun fact really quick? I was going to save these for the end, but I got, I got a bit of trivia there. Okay, okay, go for it. So this film was originally planned to be the finale of the franchise in the West. Mm, this yes. was this was going to be the final, it was going to be a TV movie and be the end of Pokemon anime for America. But because the, the anime was so overwhelmingly successful, they instead opted to turn this into its own movie in theaters and continue the franchise. Just a little, mm-hmm. just a little fun fact there. You yeah, know, I, I actually heard about that. This, this could have been the end of all of it, but instead it'll never end. The ride <laughs> never ends. I think that actually ties into Poke shipping as well. Yep. Because really? I believe the original ending actually had Ash and Misty like together at the end. And that was that was actually planned to be at the end of the movie, essentially, like them getting older together. Didn't they have a daughter with pink hair? Yeah, something like that. Wait, what? I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's it, yeah. because Poke shipping was actually a real thing. The the producers of the anime were actually <sighs> really like planning on having Ash and Misty be together at the end of the show. These ten and year old it, kids kids have enough autonomy exactly. to fall in love, I guess. <laughs> yes. 
I, in in anime, the answer is yes. So there's uh, that was actually an original plan for the anime was for them to get together. That's why there's actually they're actually in the Japanese dub. Some of the pokey shipping references that you'll see in the first season of the anime are much are actually a bit more extreme. Don't forget all the songs and all the different. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I've heard some of these songs because mm-hmm. there there are songs from oh. from Misty's point of view about Ash. We 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 could go on and on, but that's a, that's for yes. another time. Yep. So, move on. back to the movie. Mewtwo goes and, and starts plotting his revenge against humanity. Ash and Co. are invited to a mysterious Pokemon tournament to find the greatest trainer in the world. They're invited via this Dragonite who brings a letter to him and is like, hey, come see if you're the best battler in the world. And he's like, of course, I am Ash Ketchum, and I'm going to go prove myself as the best battle in the world. Ash and Co. go to a wharf, and they're going to take a boat or a ferry to New Island, I believe is the name of the island, right? Yes. Okay, they're going to take a ferry to New Island and go be the best battlers on the planet, whatever. There's a horrible storm caused by Mewtwo, as we'll find out later on. And as a result, the ferry's not going to travel. So, throwing caution to the wind, our protagonists risk life and limb in order to battle Pokemon, because they love animal cruelty so much. And they hop aboard their various Pokemons and cross a bay... To get to New Island. Fortunately, yeah. nobody dies on the way on this horrible storm. At least not the main characters. I wonder if we go back and look if there are any people Somebody who... leaves after Ash, you know? Yeah. And like... they, they just don't make it because they're, they're, they've drowned. The only the thing that matters is battling. Your life is secondary. <laughs> to be fair, like when they're underwater, it doesn't look like it's that horribly deep. Oh, it's a question. Yeah, go does ahead. she have Togepi? Yeah, she yes. does. Okay. Like, yeah, that's I, I, this thing scene has always bothered me the heck out of me when they're underwater. They purposely like have Togepi like sneak into the bag so you don't notice. It's fine. I know she's a water trainer and all. Maybe it's waterproof. I don't know. I would hope so. I mean, it's an egg. I don't know. Like, how much do eggs need to breathe? I'm sure eggs can exist underwater. <laughs> Worth it's noting. A fairy type. Um, so. I forgot to make a point. Nurse Joy, the Nurse Joy of this wharf, has disappeared, and nobody knows where she is. Mysterious, right? Yeah. I'm sure that will never come into play later. So, (laughs) the crew makes it to New Island, and they're greeted by a maid who looks conspicuously like Nurse Joy. Ignore the fact that she's very obviously mind-controlled and brainwashed, okay? They are escorted into the palace that is on this island. They then meet Mewtwo, and he's like, hey... I'm going to steal your Pokemons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A group of trainers try to fight against Mewtwo. Mewtwo takes the Pokemon, and they're like, oh no, our Pokemon are gone. There's a chase scene involving Pikachu, and then, oh no, we got to get our Pokemon back. They find this horrible cloning machine, because Mewtwo's going to clone all the Pokemon for some reason, even though he's already all-powerful. I guess he's going to make a world for these Pokemon, right? Isn't that his, his goal? He, he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to kill all humans. Naturally. It, it's, it's, it's very James Bond. Right. He's mm-hmm. trying to he's trying to kill all humans, and he wants to replace all of the normal Pokemon with clone Pokemon. I'm not sure why. He's got a, he's okay. He's a little messed up psychologically. We we can all accept that. Is he assuming yeah. that, that these these Pokemon have some sort of Stockholm syndrome and that they they're not? Oh, he does. He he assumes that like the trainers Pokemon don't actually want to be with their trainers. He doesn't understand the concept of hashtag friendship. Okay. <laughs> also, Team Rocket is involved in this. Because they have to be in all the movies. That's a complaint yeah. I have about this franchise is they just can't let Team Rocket not be in these movies. Because they never do anything of any real note. In this film, they're just kind of there to explain the whole point of the movie. And by them, I mean uh, Meowth. Meowth explains the whole thing later mm-hmm. on in the film. Okay, I got lost here. Cloning po- machine. The Pokemon are cloned. 
then the Pokemons. Oh god, I'm getting confused here. Okay, so yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're Pokemon and then, are cloned, and do we have the Pokemon back at this point? So what happens is all of the clones go upstairs. Mewtwo's like, "Look at all my clones!" And then Ash rescues all of the not clones. And then he walks out, and they're, and it's they're just silhouetted, like, right? Isn't yeah, that? Yeah, it's like it, yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much like this really ba like action sequence. Him coming out of the smoke with all the pop Pokemon. And the music's bumping, and, and they're yeah. and they're like, "Oh man, we're for and then, something." <laughs> And then Ash tries to punch Mewtwo, and so a battle ensues. The clones are are superior at first, but through the power of friendship, the original Pokemon are capable of holding their own. Right? Well, Mew shows up before this as well. Oh God, Mew's in this movie. There's so many things happening in this thing. There's so many different parties. There, there's a lot going on. Oh, it's because it's a... it, when it's mostly a movie about, hey, look, there's my favorite Pokemon on the movie screen. Ooh, there's Blastoise. Yeah, pretty movie. much. Yeah. Um, I, I hope I didn't omit somebody's favorite part of the movie. I know that people have things that they like about this movie, and I'm just going straight through the narrative as fast well, as I can. Well, you're almost, you're pretty close to the end, yeah. Okay, <laughs> battle ensues, and the Pokemon start punching each other, and they're even, like, because they're clones, they're basically even, and <laughs> nobody's winning. They decide that they don't want to fight anymore. Well, they get tired, and then Mew and Mewtwo are still going at it in their bubbles. Right, and then Mew says Mew, Mew, Mew over and over again. And then Mewtwo starts listening, and he's like, oh man, maybe what I'm doing is wrong, and that they truly are friends, and they do want to fight for these people for money. Yeah, you're missing the Pokey Jesus scene. What's the yeah. Oh, oh right! Okay, so <laughs> the climax of this film is Ash being turned to stone, for some reason, by the attacks of Mew and Mewtwo. So like, he's trying, he's like, stop, and he tries to stop Mew and Mewtwo for fight, from fighting, rather than just leaving. He probably should have just up and left. And he gets turned to stone, and everyone's like, oh no, Ash is turned to stone, our friend is dead. Everyone starts crying, and through the power of tears and friendship, Ash is and no And foreshadowing. Long- and foreshadowing. Wait, what do you mean by foreshadowing? What foreshadowing? Uh, there, there's, literally a, there's literally a part in the movie um, at the beginning before they leave where uh, old, I guess there's just like this older lady that hangs out at the port, I guess. Right. And she's with Officer Jenny, and she's like, she's like, yeah, the last time there was a storm this bad, they, they say that the tears of the Pokemon, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I, I, for some reason, I didn't even connect that. Maybe it's because I didn't assume this movie had enough going for it to, like... No, no, it's it's a pretty... it they Like, as I said, this is the most intricate one. It's so dense. Yep. So, the Pokemon all start crying because Ash is dead, and that's sad. I mean, Pokemon that's never met him before. Clones. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just assume that these clones have some sort of affinity for whatever, for people, because they're clones. <laughs> Ash is brought back from the dead. Everyone's happy about it. Why is this? Is it through magic? Is it magic tears? Like, what? I, I guess so. Pokemon tears are apparently, like, enough to revive people. That would be really, really helpful. Like, there, there are a number of instances where they could have used that in the rest of the franchise. Well, Not the problem people... is nobody remembers it because Mewtwo wipes everybody's memory, so... Okay, fair enough. Good point. That's a good point. So, Ash is back from the dead. Mewtwo takes his clones and, and leaves. He's out of here. He's outie. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go be with my clones and everything's going to be cool. And then he wipes everybody's memories and drops them back at the wharf. Yeah. And then nothing mm-hmm. in the movie matters because nobody remembers any of it. Pretty much. And there were no stakes yep. the whole time. <laughs> so There were stakes. There were stakes. Mewtwo, if he killed like all of the people that were there, was just going to go take over the world. It's true. It's true. But, mm-hmm. w- but at least we learned nothing. Yeah, essentially. We, the audience, learned something, but the characters learned nothing. Yeah, 100%. Not, not to be a Debbie Downer. It's mm-hmm. just, I always find the their their brains were wiped to be like kind of a weird cop-out and... You oh, know, no, you're 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 100 correct. We don't we don't actually have to have them learn anything. Because no, it's the way it's the way it's the cop out to get it out of the canon 
So you can watch the TV show without worrying about referencing things that happened in the movies. Actually, that did happen once, though, with uh, Power 2000, but that's for a later date. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's the exciting one, because I, I got a lot to say about that's, that movie. I think that's everybody's favorite movie, not because of the plot, but because of just, like, the characters. Yeah, like, Tracy, he played a very pivotal role. Tracy. He, he, talk, he talks about girls. He held a rope once. Yes. <laughs> so, what do we think of this movie, guys? Because it's, it's it, as we said, I, I, as much as I like to joke about it being really complicated, it's pretty straightforward. The twists are so broadcasted that they're based, I mean, it's for children, of course. Worth noting, these are children's films. I'm not looking at these as high art. Art doesn't exist in a vacuum. I understand that this is, this is not meant for me. I'm not the target audience for Pokemon, the first movie. That said, I think it's fair to have grievances with it. So yes, let's let's first. I want to hear what you guys think. Thatch, what do you, what do you think of Pokemon the first movie? So I just watched Ho- the Hoopa movie last week as well, mm-hmm. and then I, I followed it up with this movie. So let me say that the quality of Pokemon movies has definitely gone downhill, if if that was possible. Okay. So I I think this one was in light of Hoopa, this was a much better story, much better movie in general. Just because the art looked good, for one. I just like whenever they do the art for the movies in the, general. There, there are the scenes in this movie better. that are striking. Uh, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, but oh, there's yeah. one, 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 a few images in particular that really stand out. At the beginning of the film, uh, the scenes of Mewtwo in the lab have a lot of shading going on. There's a lot of shading. It looks oh, yes. very nice and gross and gritty. The, the chase scene that, that we brushed over... There's a lot of really gross, almost like Geiger-esque imagery there. Like there, there's like the cloning machine is very alien. It like it, it's it's yeah. almost it looks almost biological, but at the same time, it's it's robotic. It's it's gross, and I like mm-hmm. that. It's got style. Somebody no, like, somebody had a vision there. There there is actually vision in these movies, right? Yeah. I mean, I, when, <laughs> in a few months, you'll you'll get to points where you'll just be like, I just don't know what's happening. <laughs> and then not even that. Just if you look at like the credit sequence. When they have just Ash and Misty and Brock going to random places to go on their Pokemon journey. All of that artwork is really cool. And I would dig having all of those as like desktop backgrounds. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the beginning of the movie is almost like this kind of... When, mm-hmm. when, when Ash and Co. get the uh, letter, it's almost sort of like this idealistic... like The spirit of adventure is there, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, no, no. The yeah. spirit of adventure is very... like. More so than any other film in the Pokemon franchise, I'd have to say, because a lot of them take place in like cities. Yes, and it's really weird. And mm-hmm. this this really captures. Hey, I'm on an adventure. We're out doing this. Yeah, like and they're I camping. Think, you know, they're 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 mm-hmm. they're making food at a campsite. You know, it's a. I, I think that's something that I, I, I a lot of us can. Uh, what's the word? A lot of us can. can Oh, Not man. a relate to, but relate but, to. That's the word. Re- relate to. Okay. Or well, the feeling we can relate to. Yeah, we, sure. We we all get the sense that this is an adventure. You know, stuff like that. I think it's a very nostalgic feeling to some extent. Also, so like we're we're definitely watching it with rose colored glasses to some extent. Right. Overall, though, I think that the plot is kind of meh. It's, it's very. All over it's, the place. it's very. It's very one dimensional. And Mewtwo's character. I think the only the this the plot is functional. It does what it needs to do, right? It gets oh, us yeah. through this narrative. I think the, the ultimate problem is the weakness of the character of Mewtwo. At the beginning of, of this film, you, you, you have him in the lab, and, and like, there's nuance there. Like, there, there's, I mean, he has a motivation to not like people. But mm-hmm. for it to be so binary and simple, for a, a, a being so intelligent, it just seems kind of cheap. It cheapens it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I, no, you're exactly yeah. right. I, so, there's definitely that. So well, what what about Maximus? What does yeah, he think? Yeah. 
Well, since this was the first Pokemon movie, I have to remember, and I did see it in theaters, I have to be honest, there was a lot of hype. Like you said, this is when Pokemon was at its most highest, like, popularity was out there. Yeah. I wanted to see it. I know the kids in my neighborhood wanted to see it. We went to go see it, and we loved it. Like, even though we we didn't really think about all of the plot lines, we just enjoyed seeing the Pokemon on the big screen and seeing all the amazing things that the animators can do with it. Right. It's worth noting, there's pedigree here. Kunihiko Yuyama, is, he directed a very famous uh, anime film called Galaxy Express 999, or Galaxy Express 39, which is a very important work of Japanese animation. Not in terms of, you know, like, narrative mm-hmm. storytelling, but in terms of the quality itself and the world building of that. You see glimpses of, like, really great traditional anime in it, you know? And it's it's there, like, the art is there. So, I'm sorry to cut you off, I just wanted to make note that... He's a good. He's a good director. He do, in the direction of this film's fine. It looks nice for the most part. Uh, so, did you have any other notes uh, beyond that? Or yes, how many different Pokemon? I was like, now that I'm older, <laughs> I just go back and look how many. Like, play a game, see how many Pokemon mistakes that I can just find in this movie. Uh huh. Like compared to actual games, and it's it's kind of fun. Like if you see, if, like if you know Pokemon really well, you can like do a game, like figure out who can find the most mistakes out of everything. It's pretty fun. I found like maybe 10 on my own so like what can you give me an example like is, is a pokemon using a move it doesn't know or is it is it a like in the beginning like let's say let's take let's go from the beginning like my first thing when the ash is battling that trainer and i think you guys know where i'm coming from with this oh the, like, you mean at the beginning yeah right and well first the reveal of dawn fan was pretty awesome because everybody's saying oh my goodness what is that i think <laughs> i think that's true of this entire movie right we've got we got a couple new pokemon reveals like gen 2 because they gen 2 was pretty much planned out at this point right and so you had you had Donphan show up in the Pikachu vacation short. You had Meryl and Snubble. So it was I, I kind of I forgot about that because I take it for granted now that these are just po- like they're so familiar that it's, like it's it's what I've been talking about on our normal podcast, right? I've right. been talking about how uh, it used to be in such a way that we had new Pokemon reveal before we had access to them in the games, and that's what is happening now with you know the new Zygarde forms and not getting a Z version. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's very exciting. You know, I didn't really think about Meryl, especially with Orange Islands coming right after this, yes, after exactly. Indigo. I, I didn't know Snubble was, but yeah, Meryl's kind of there. But well, going back to the battle in the beginning, as soon as Ash beats his first two Pokemon with his Squirtle and Bulbasaur, Pikachu comes out and challenges the trainer when he, the other trainer uses three Pokemon, which is kind of unfair. <laughs> the three Pokemon that the other trainer sends out to go against Ash, it was a Pinsir. A Venomoth, I believe, and the last Pokemon, a Golem. Knowing Pikachu, his main attack is going to be Thunderbolt. Right. Realizing one of those Pokemon shouldn't even been affected by it, the Golem. I see it knocked out on the ground. Hey, what happened? Golem's <laughs> clearly a ground type. There's, there's no, there's not even any sprinklers to help him here. It's just like <laughs> he, it's all pure Mary Sue going on. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just all plot contrivances to get him, you know, to make him win. Um, to be fair, in the TV show, it happened at least once before. Because yeah. Pikachu actually fried the Brock's golem with an electric attack because he was, quote-unquote, supercharged or whatever. Maybe, maybe, Wait, uh... It was did, a Geodude. Geodude, that's what oh. I mean. Maybe this universe just exists in a, like, different kind than the games. You know what I mean? Like... Like maybe the type combos are different, and like there's diff, and like they just never made note of it, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of like deal with it, fools. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it I, happens so frequently. But I think they they found out their, their mistake because back in not back, but um later on in the third movie with Entei, 
I'm sorry to jump in the head like this. No, go ahead. They made, sh- they made sure to fix this mistake because during the beginning battle with Ash and the trainer girl, when Pikachu was going against his po- opponent, it was a uh, quagsire. And they made sure to make the show that the ground types were immune to electricity. So I think they were trying to make up for that. I feel like season one of the anime is just not like it's kind of like that forgotten thing in the Pokemon franchise. They're like, yeah, we didn't actually know what we were doing. They, they've kind of admitted it indirectly. Because in a lot of the media where they say, this is how you're supposed to present Pokemon, right? They'll say, there are no real animals in the Pokemon world, right? They're just Pokemon. Right. And you go to the Cerulean Gym episodes, right? This is like episode, I believe, seven or eight in the anime. Yeah. And you see fish. It was kind of a... um, Because, you know, in any sort of production, you're going to have reference material, right? Like you'll have like a, a a show Bible that explains all of the rules of the world. And references for, like, how characters look. And at that point, it, it feels like, not sloppy, but more genuine. It was, like, a more simple time where nobody put any thought into, what, would there be fish in this world? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's a, it's a different time. But, yeah, th- th- this movie is kind of like that. It's a, It's back, not when they were trying, but, like, when somebody tried to make a movie. Like, this is very much a pokemon narrative but it's not like the the most contrived ones that you see now right like the villain in this isn't just some villain it's it's Mewtwo, and i'm not saying that the other movies don't have pokemon as villains sometimes but i'm saying like if you look at uh 2000 if you look at the third movie if you look at forever the villains in those aren't pokemon the villains are people yeah, and no, you're right. in wait the third movie i thought into I guess you know uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, Pokemon I was, I, I'm are sorry. kind of the kind of the enemy there. I know you're right. That was that's my mistake. I was I was thinking of 2000 and Forever. You had you had human villains, uh, and a lot of the time it was just wasn't re- like you know they just weren't respecting Pokemon, uh, and it's it's kind of different to see a a horrible monster Pokemon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a monster, but like a dictator. It's interesting because it's yeah. it's kind of it kind of a cop out to just have hum- humans be be the bad guys. And in this instance, it, it, it's humans are the bad guys because we made this Pokemon into a monster. I don't know. There's nuance there. There's something to be looked at. I don't know. There, there, there's like a lot of more questions in this movie. And this plot could very have easily been turned to an adult plot, right? Right. Like something more accustomed to, I guess, modern anime, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, at this time, it wasn't like anime is now where, you know, people are subscribed to Hulu and can watch whatever they want or subscribe to Netflix. Right. And I do have to say that there were a couple mo- moments where it was very Saturday Saturday morning cartoony. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there there uh, are there are quips in here. Like there there are, <laughs> there's quippy thing. Like how weird is it that they they make reference to the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, no, that's my favorite part of this movie. They Be- do. They, Does that they, set they it in make... our world? <laughs> so let's not even question that, right? <laughs> yeah, but, th- but th- it, there are definite it, quips. It, it's a joke. It's more of a joke that I think I don't know what to say. They play. It's played more into like a Saturday, a ninety Saturday morning cartoon. That's what I want to say. Because mm-hmm. after Pokemon, Pokemon to some to some extent ruined Saturday morning cartoons in itself. Because every other Saturday morning cartoon wanted to essentially become Pokemon. Right. Which is really sad because I mean Saturday morning cartoons don't even exist anymore. Right. Uh-huh. And you get these like very I, I want to say like Warner Brothers style jokes, like Looney Tunes jokes. Where they would say something like the Vikings joke in Looney Tunes, right? If somebody was just like, if Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny were together and they were on a boat with Vikings, so one of them would say, I didn't know Vikings even exist anymore. The other one said, would say, I think they live in Minnesota. Like, yeah, you, you, that's a good point. Like that, It's very hammy. It's kind of a <laughs> hammy, oh, you, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Like Waka Waka, you you have uh, elf. They they, they yeah. even play in the Pikachu Vacation short. I noticed this because I was watching it this morning. They actually play some of like the classic Looney Tunes uh, sound bites for really? some of their actions. Yeah, it's very silly. I guess I I'm just, just didn't like, notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't notice it unless you're paying attention. But I was like watching at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, this is like something that you know the Looney Tunes would do. And I was just I, I just had that mindset and going in. I'm just like that was definitely a sound from the Looney Tunes. <laughs> so that, yeah. It was silly. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what else we can really say about this movie that hasn't been said before. It's not perfect, but at least it's trying something. It's worth noting that I plan on doing this series chronologically and going through all of the Pokemon films. Maybe not in a row, maybe I'll have like something interspersed. Well, but you could, do, you could probably do uh, some of the specials and stuff. Definitely. There's some uh, really good specials out there, like they have the Mewtwo Return special, I think is very quote-unquote good. At some point, I, I, I'm going to need a breather from these movies, but <laughs> as Pokemon movies go, I'd say this is definitely one of the better ones. There's stuff happening here. There there are cool designs in the world. The island itself is neat looking. The cloning machine is neat looking. There's good images here. There is, you know, direction. Like, people were trying for things. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, a, like, a, a Debbie Downer or just trying to, like, you know, crap all over the Pokemon franchise, but you'll see as time goes on, the artistry kind of slips away. Yes, very much so. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's the, that that was the inaugural episode of Puckle Movie Club. Yeah, P- I think Puckle was... MC. And uh, it, are you guys have anything you want to say before we sign out here? No, uh, I think this is great. Obviously, I won't be here all the time, but I have trusted you with this, Ethan, and I think you'll do a good job. This was this was a lot of fun, and I think it's gonna mm-hmm. hopefully catch on. Uh, Maximus, I can say this: like we're all like the first movie of Pokemon. We're not perfect, <laughs> but we'll take you on a grand adventure with us.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.